podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Cookie wants to be a professional wrestler. I'm Cookie Serratos and I'm 11 years old. She also wants to win all the medals. That's why Cookie and her family make every day count, squeezing out her best with Go-Go Squeeze. Okay, Cookie, let's break for a Go-Go Squeeze. Go-Go Squeeze fruit-on-the-go pouches are a nutritious snack made from 100% fruit with no sugar added. Go, Cookie! Because when you nurture your kids, you squeeze out the best in them. Squeeze out their best with Go-Go Squeeze. Not a low-calorie food. Products range from 11 to 13 grams of sugar and 60 to 70 calories per serving. It's the Blue Room, it's Monday, it's the Monday Show. I'm Ben Crawford, and this week it's all about Reds and Blues. Here to bring you a special pre-Merseyside Derby show, we have a stunning lineup of guests ready to give us all the news and views ahead of what should be a fascinating game this coming Saturday lunchtime. We'll also touch on the current situation with the Premier League and its disappointment at the continued lack of fans inside stadiums. And of course, we'll have to mention Dominic Calvert-Lewin and his England debut goal as well. First up, as always, on my right-hand side, it's Everton's very own Twitter predictions guru, Dave Downey. Dave, how are you? Have you had a good day off, mate? <laughs> yeah, yeah, not too bad, mate, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm starting to get the um, the, the derby belly now. Um, oh, you know, yeah. It, it's sort of like, we're in, I know we're still in the international break and there's still a couple of games left to go through, but um, the nervousness is starting. though, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, and thankfully, Touchwood, we've only got one more game to sort of sweat through to make sure our players get back uh, fit and far and ready for Saturday. But um, yeah, I start going through the motions around now, mate, start thinking, yeah. do you know what, we should win this, and then tomorrow I'll be like, no, look how good Liverpool are, and your, your emotions just go all over the show until you arrive at the game, so um, I've, I've started getting that a bit earlier this year because we're doing well. Yeah, I think it has more pressure, mate, and as we know, yeah. we've we've been here... Well, how many times have we been here, as I'm sure the Reds will remind us later, for 10 years, saying, uh, will it be our year? So, uh, we'll get on to all that throughout yeah. the show. And then, so, Dave, welcome, cheers. Uh, our next guest, right, all I can say about our next guest is, she's good-looking, she's funny, and she's intelligent. And I can't, I'm not just saying that because she's my better half. Um, it's Liverpool <laughs> season ticket holder, Natalie Cork, on the Monday show. Natalie, welcome. Oh, sorry, you're on about me? Oh, right, OK. Uh, yeah, I am. Have I invited the wrong Natalie to the show? I've done it again. <laughs> I've done it Hello. again. Hello. Nice to have you here. And then rounding off the lineup, uh, we've got a podcast debutant on the Monday show as well. Another Liverpool season ticket holder, Les Crawford is here. Les, how's it going, mate? You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm good, Ben. Good, good. And we nice will to get be on the show. No problem, mate. Thanks for coming on the show. And we will delve straight into it. Basically, the first part of the show. It's going to be me and you, Dave, talking all about Liverpool, so the Liverpool fans can sit there and listen to us wax lyrical about how good the Premier League champions are. So, I'll let you start with this one, Dave. You know, Liverpool started the season. It's been mixed, I think, by, by Liverpool standards anyway. It's been mixed because they're used to winning most games. But, you know, they've started well in the Premier League, albeit with a 7-2 defeat in the last game against Aston Villa. They're out of the Carabao Cup and they're yet to embark in the Champions League campaign yet, Dave. What do you make of Liverpool's start to the season? Is it as you expected or... Have they disappointed you slightly, even given the fact that they're not, they haven't got a hundred percent record? Um, I, do you know what, Ben? I think there was a narrative that developed before this that because Liverpool sweeped everything before them in the last couple of years with the Champions yeah. League, obviously the Premier League last season, I felt that many people thought there was going to be a complacency to Liverpool and that mm. they'd take the foot off the gas because they didn't really have a proper time to, to celebrate what they did last season. Tremendous achievements, of course, and yeah. won the league at a canter. And then we enter the summer, really short pre-season. Obviously, nobody's able to celebrate. 
uh, properly in terms of winning the title. And I think many, and, and, and certainly the the sort of, I'd say, southern-based media felt that Liverpool would be slow off the blocks. But mm. far from it. I mean, I know we'll get on to the Villa result in a minute, but yeah. I think when you look at the performance against Leeds, the performance against Arsenal, I mean, certainly against Arsenal, I thought that's the best we've seen in Liverpool. It's up there with the great performances they've had. Yeah. In, in the last couple of years. Um, and Jürgen Klopp was baffled after that when he was questioned. I think it was Roy Keane who was, who was talking <laughs> about the level of performance and, and Klopp yeah. was astounded by the comments. And they, to me, they, they picked up where they left off. There was no sign of complacency whatsoever until we get to this Villa game. And, you know, obviously it's it, it's hilarious from our point of view, isn't it? As Blues, you look on and, and see a result like that and you can't help but... Have a chuckle, uh, quite a loud chuckle. Well, we've been there so many times, though, haven't we, Dave? They're almost, I felt, felt as though I was sort of laughing at myself as well, yeah. thinking they're now experiencing what we've experienced for forever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my dad always used to tell me when I was a kid that football works in cycles, and I, I still haven't believe, I still don't believe because I'm yet to see our turn yet. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. hopefully it's coming, but absolutely, um, I think more that that results. I'm, I'm really pleased the international break come along because yeah, if Klopp too. and the players had the choice, they'd have played immediately after that to try and yeah. put it right. They've had to dwell on it a little bit. Um, they would have been like a wounded animal, I thought, if uh, the derby was this weekend yeah. just gone. But now they've had the chance to, to sort of let it sink in a little bit. I'm sure they're desperate to put it right. And I think it might well be a little bit of a wake-up call um, for, for a few of their players. I mean... yeah. Let me mention that word complacency. I don't think that was the reason they got beat. It, it, everybody has an off night, but the there were a lot of factors was... as well, weren't there? A lot yeah, of I mean, factors the in the game itself. Being one. I mean, that goalkeeper Adrian. I mean, we, we've got a personal beef with him anyway. I've made the way he put us out the FA Cup. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, all well, six years ago, something yeah. like that, when he took his gloves off. Yeah. Um, so obviously he, he'll be in goal. I think at the weekend, unless that. Potential move for Jack Butland comes off this week, um, yeah. which I don't think it'll happen that quickly anyway. But he'll he'll be in goal. I think Everton will be licking the lips. Calvert Lewin will be licking the lips, looking at his sort of performance against Villa. And I think he's probably responsible for at least three of the goals there. Yeah. Um, certainly the first one, which obviously sets the tone. So I mean, I, you know, unless yeah. I'm not too sure who the third choice is there at Liverpool right now. But Klopp then tends to stick by. The goalkeepers and yeah, like like he did with Carrius, too much to his detriment in the, in the Champions League final two years ago, of course. So, um, I I still think Liverpool are as strong as as we've seen them, no yeah, doubt about that. And this time, there's the added influence, Ben. I think that they they're going to want to put right what was a a, yeah. a a really difficult result. And they, look, they've got enough experience putting us to the sword in recent years, so yeah. I, I think they'll be really, be really relishing this one, and we ha- we have to be careful of that attitude going into it. Yeah, uh, no, I completely agree with you, David. I mean, we we can talk obviously about the Aston Villa performance. We can talk about the fact that they got knocked out the Carabao Cup, but the, the that's a kind of narrative that doesn't sit that comfortably with me because, like I've you know when I've spoken to my Liverpool support and like friends and family, I just think Liverpool despite these little hiccups, and I would just call them little hiccups because they haven't played badly in another game, I just think we've got to be very, very careful writing off, not writing off Liverpool because nobody's doing that, but sort of thinking this game's easier than it is. We're still yeah. facing the Premier League champions. We're still facing, for me, to, in Mane and Salah, two of the best forwards in Europe. And, you know, let's face it, there's, there's no buts about it. Everton haven't got their first choice back four because Mason Holgate's out injured. looks like Coleman's going to be injured as well. So I think we've got to be very careful. As good as Everton as well, 
sorry, as Everton are playing and as poor as Liverpool were against Aston Villa. There's no doubt in my mind that going into this game, Everton are still massive underdogs for me. And, but I think for the first time in a long time, in that sort of 10-year period without a loss, I think you know the, the, the field's been levelled a little bit just because of how well we've played. But that doesn't take away from Liverpool. The only interesting, last interesting point I wanted to get from you, Dave, on Liverpool, from, from my from where I'm sitting, the attack's as good as it's ever been. They, you know, destroying teams at will at times. You know, look at the amount of goals they've scored. But there seems to be, and I don't know whether you want to go back to that way completely, but there seems to be something not quite right in the defensive situation at Liverpool. The moment, only because they conceded three against Leeds. You know, they conceded seven against Aston Villa. It could have been more. And listen, Jürgen Klopp's a top manager. He will sort that out on the training ground. But is it interesting to you, given Everton's attack and start of the season, that we're going into the season thinking that maybe the defence is not as strong as it was and that it could be a case of you know, a, a gun fighting a gun and a two attacks going against each other rather than as, you know, rather than Liverpool just being able to keep us out in pre- like in previous years? I, I think for the first time in many years, and, and we'll get the thoughts of the guys in a second whether they agree with this, but I think yeah. we've given them far more food for thought than they would have had um, oh, yeah. certainly any time in the last decade. Well, maybe for the exception of when we had... Um, Lukaku and we there were those fantastic three three draws and the two two draws and all those exciting right. games. I think they'll look at this and and have to take time to think about the attack that Everton possess. I agree. Um, in, whereas in previous years, I think they'll have thought uh, we'll we'll be quite dismissive. Of, of course, pay respect to us, but be quite dismissive of the threat we possess because they'd yeah. expect to dominate the ball. They'd expect us to play on the counter attack, and and it'd all be about I imagine Klopp's team talk would be much more about what Liverpool can do in the game rather than worrying about what anything Everton can throw at them because they, they were much stronger. Yeah. I think this time it's it's a bit different um, because they're now looking at Calvert-Lewin as somebody who has as, is starting to look like he's going to reach the top level. He's a level. genuine threat this year rather than last year when he was yeah. nothing really to be con- overly concerned about, was he? Spot on. And, and I think as well, you look at the service that we're able to provide him now. Um, it's, it'll be so, so interesting if they yeah. try and man Mark Hammers. And then you've got Richarlison on the other side, haven't you? Exactly. That's the thing. And now Everton are multifaceted now, and it's been a long time since we've been able to say that um, and, and how they shape up. I mean, I'd fancy Richarlison against Trent, if, if I'm honest. I don't yeah. think Trent's been great defensively. That That's probably a bit of an understatement. Going forward, we know what he does, but defensively, he's still got a hell of a lot to work on, and he's, he's still a young player. But... I'd, I'd fancy Richarlison to, to, to beat him a couple of times, to be fair. And it's going he, the other way, isn't it? Yeah, and how they play um, James will, will be really interesting. Did they put somebody on him? Um, nobody's been successful in stopping him so far this season. He, he's at, he's created chances in every single game he's played. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be at the top of Klopp's agenda. And then, and then I guess for us then, containing their midfield, I'd expect Thiago to come back in. I would, yeah. I think they're based at the seams to see what that lad can do. So, you know, immediately you're looking to Alan and, and Decore um, in, in terms of shackling him. Yeah. I think for once as well, Ben, we can go into it with an eye on a midfield battle that we can possibly win. And I don't think yeah. we've, we've ever had that in recent years when you think about it. No, we definitely haven't. Have we? we had Gomez and I mean, Davis last year. Yeah, I mean, since it's just a gay, um, I've not felt we've been able to compete physically. No, with I the agree. Liverpool side, but we've got we've got some real physical players in there now in Decore yeah. and Alan. So 
be interesting to see how Ancelotti sets that up, who, who he sort of wants to sit deep and who he wants to let go of um, and play sort of a more free role. Will Gomez come back in? Sigurdsson's been well, hasn't he? I mean, he scored two great goals for Iceland. So Certainly picked it up, yeah. There's a lot There's a lot of things to think about, I think, from our point of view. But the, the most pleasing thing for me is we, we are definitely giving them... Um, at least a question, haven't we? Yeah, At least exactly. giving them a question to answer, aren't we? You've got, you've got a headache for us for the first time in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree, Dave. There's certainly not too much of my body, a bit like yourself, probably, Dave, that is very, very confident of Everton getting the desired result because we've been here so many times with so many good Everton teams and we've just not, you know, not turned up on the day. But, yeah. you know, moving on now, it's time for the Liverpool fans out there thoughts on Everton on the flip side of the start season. So, Natalie, I'm going to come to you first. Um, you know, this Ever- like we just alluded to there, this Everton side, is this, uh, I mean, are we correct in thinking that this is an Everton side that you believe, from a Liverpool point of view, will give you more more concerns and more worries going into the game than sides you've faced in previous years? Yeah, 100%. Um, but I also think it feeds into our hands a little bit as well. because it Takes the pressure off. Yeah, obviously, it's always on Liverpool and you've got the owners that, you know, you just haven't won a derby for 10 years and it gets brought up every time. Um, and, you know, despite what you say, I'm never, ever confident going into a derby. Yeah, you despite, do say that. Yeah, despite the record that we've got, I've never been confident going into any derby and this derby is the exact same. The only good thing from our side, as Dave mentioned, is the 7-2 defeat for us. Yeah, it's a good Surely thing. Surely the reaction, obviously, yeah. Yeah. from the players, but... As I say, in our hands a little bit, obviously you've got these attacking players now, so the front three that you've got of Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison, Hammers, they are so attacking, but also our full-backs are. Yeah. So it's going to be so interesting to see whether Hammers and Richarlison are up for track and back or whether Klopp's going to you know, keep them back a little bit and... Maybe it's a little bit cagey, like the last few years of being a Goodison as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 going to be a very interesting tactical battle, isn't it? Because you've got two managers. I think for the first time in a long time, I think you know you've got two absolute superstar managers there. You know, it's nice as never so to be able to sit there and say that compared to the last few managers we've had going into derbies. You know, Dave, obviously you'll remember the, the Marco Silva high line with Michael Keane at the back, which just. Was just absolutely, well, that was absolutely, absolutely baffling, and he should have got. And he did get sacked after that game, and I think if that was the one and only game he managed, he probably deserved to get sacked. But just staying with you a second, Natalie, before we move on to let's. Obviously, so you've you kind of answered there saying that this Everton side, the team that maybe concerned you a little bit more. Are there any particular Everton players? Maybe it might even be the ones you just mentioned that stand out as a big threat. Like you, you know, you've played against Richarlison before. Klopp's known how to deal with him in the past. He's had to deal with players like Sigurdsson and Calvert-Lewin. Do you not think someone like maybe a Hammers Rodriguez could be that different animal that maybe he's not quite sure not quite sure what to do against him yet? Because, you know, he's a very strange player in some ways because he's not a player who stays on the wing and runs about a lot. He just drifts in and out of positions. And do you think that could be difficult for Klopp to defend against? Do you know what? No, I don't think it's going to be him. Um, okay. I think Klopp's used to dealing with kind of the superstar of a team. So, like, when we played, like, you know, big teams like PSG, you know, we've had Neymar coming and we've had that type of player playing yeah. against us. I, I personally feel the player that we'd have to watch out for is Alan. Alan, yeah. Because he's, he's 
something that you have missed for so long. So he's a, he's a scrapper. So he's he the is. Mascherano that we used to have. So I yeah. think he's have missed that for so long in a derby. And I just hope it's as feisty as it used to be. When we've yeah. got players like Fabino, Alan involved. But I think Alan's going to be the decisive one for use as to whether he can obviously hold out the front three, but also you've got Thiago, Henderson and probably Wijnaldum playing as well. Yeah, no, that's that's a good shout, to be fair. I'd definitely have Alan up there as one of our most important players. He's really, really impressed me. And surprisingly, Touchwood, he hasn't actually been booked in a Premier League game yet, which I cannot fathom. So oh, I've just, I've just jinxed him to get a red card there, haven't I? Yeah, get, get, get after your betting tip for the week from the Mondays, you'll get your money on Alan to be carded in the derby. So, Les, on your podcast debut, let's start you off with a pretty basic question to, to sort of start off, Les. I mean, have you been... I think we all have, but I mean, do you want to go into any depth on? Have you been surprised with Everton start of the season? Did you certainly envisage them winning the first four Premier League games, or do you think, or did you always see it coming? Um, I was surprised that they won at Tottenham, but first day results can be like that, yeah. as you've seen since Tottenham look pretty strong now. So first day's results sometimes can go that way, but in the other games. I don't want to do Everton a disservice, but the likes of Brighton and West Brom are never going to give big teams mm. that many problems. But I'm not Palace away is away a difficult Everton. game, though. Everton usually lose them games. Well, exactly. We didn't win a Palace last season. The what, sorry? We didn't win away a Palace last season and we've done it this season. No, no, yeah. To be, I didn't mention Yeah, Palace Palace not a bad result because it's not, it's not an easy place to go to. But no. as I say, West Brom and, and um, Brighton, in the past, that's give you problems. But I have been impressed by Everton this season going forward. Hammers has yeah. definitely made the difference. Richarlison's always been decent, decent enough. Um, he was always going to get better with better players around him. Uh, Calvert-Lewin, yeah. I think he surprised all the Evertonians, never mind Liverpoolians. He oh, just looks me like, as well, yeah. <laughs> he just looks like a big, strong... He, he reminds me a bit, bit like Graeme Sharp, if you... If you can, you've ever seen DVDs of Graham Sharp years ago. Graham Sharp back to goal, bullied defenders, laid the ball yeah. off, got on the end of things, and he reminds me a little bit of Graham Sharp. He, he he's yeah. very strong. Not uh, the first, not the first time I've heard that comparison. Liz. That's a very good point. That it isn't now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, but yeah, he's he's a strong player. But anyone can be strong. But this year he's 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 added another string to his bow, hasn't he? He's basically he's putting the ball in the net. And yeah. like your manager, Carlo, I've heard them talking in, in depth in, in interviews about him, about this one touch. When the ball's come in the box, one touch finishes. And that's Which what he's good. doing. Yeah. Whereas maybe last year before, he was getting a touch to set himself. And then he was he, he was missing or it was getting taken off him. But I've noticed now he's scored a lot of mm. one-touch finishes. Yeah. yeah. But, no, he has. Yeah, he was running the channels a lot, don't you think? Like last year, sort of playing almost as, yeah, as a half winger. Channels. He, he's always been a, a willing runner and a strong lad. But as I say, he never had that that finish, did he? Yeah, but no. he, he seems to have uh, just matured into a bit of a netter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, well, let's like Sharpie what, was years I, ago. I completely yeah. agree with that. Les. I, I, I know Sharpie quite well, and I used to make those comparisons to him. And it's yeah. funny because he used to he used to laugh it off in terms of like he's quite a humble man, Graham. Um, but when whenever you make that comparison with Carvalho, Lou, and he was like, "Nah, I just I just don't see it." But I think the the point you've made there is really interesting because 
you, you start to see it now because he's actually been given the opportunity. Because you think of the years that we've had where he's been a sacrificial lamb. I mean, <laughs> there were reports this week, I don't know if anyone's seen it, that he was linked to Koeman and Barca. And a lot of Blues are flying saying, is he buying him to play him right wing back? Because that's, oh, God, that's yeah, where he started. Yeah, that's where he started when Koeman He was linked in, to Manchester so. United a while yeah. ago as well. I mean, I'm not surprised in that sense because I think you know there's a premium on young English players, isn't there? And he's obviously flavour of the month. If if it lasts, then fantastic. But... He's got to be consistent, hasn't he, Dave? We've seen yeah. flashes in the pan from him before, where he's had a. I mean, last season, look, he had a glut of goals between, say, you know, when Ancelotti come in um, to sort of lockdown. Around, lockdown then he didn't, didn't score, score for 14 games or something, did he? So it's yeah, after yeah. lockdown, he, he wasn't the player again, was he? So he, yeah. looked, he looked a bit desperate to me um, when, when he came back from lockdown. He, as as it went on, that he didn't get a goal. He seemed yeah. to become really greedy. He tried shooting from everywhere. He just needs to relax a little bit. And I think he's done a lot of work with Ferguson as well. Um, which is, I mean, you see the leap on the lad. I mean, he's, he's, he's yeah, like he's in the air. jumping in the air. So be interested to see if it's a little bit of a different battle with Van Dijk. Uh, he's obviously yeah. he's had yeah. better of him. Um, yeah. Van Dijk's yeah. one hands down every yeah. time he's played so Absolutely. now he looks a little bit more of a threat in the air and he's, he's able to get that service I think should be a bit more of a contest between um, him and Van Dijk and whoever else Liverpool. Les do you think um, Gomez will be put back in because I mean he was he was probably the yeah, worst I think match now Mat- wasn't he against Villa yeah Matip's not fit well Matip's fit but he's not match fit so expect Matip to be on the bench so they've got to choose a Gomez or Fabinho I can actually see them playing Fabinho at the back because the midfield is going to be Henderson, Thiago, and probably Wijnaldum. And so that's strong. It's not creative. Well, actually, Thiago can be creative, but it's very strong yes, to win the individual yeah. battle. What you want for a derby, isn't it? A big you yeah, know, that's combative saying, midfield yeah. that's up for the fight. Yeah. I, I get that. Yeah, like if Cater was fit, Cater's, cause, well, Cater's got COVID, so he won't be there. <laughs> he's a bit flaky and well, he could get pushed off the ball in derbies. So just on just on cater there, to be honest. Um I'll ask you this one, Dave, obviously from the blue side of thing. I for one certainly wasn't disappointed. Uh, sorry, I for one certainly wasn't um what was I trying to say? Basically I'm not, you know, disappointed that Cater would have been in the team. I'm quite glad mm. if he's in the team sheet against Everton, but it looks like now he's not. Well, I know what you mean. It's a little bit of a blessing in disguise because he certainly hasn't been the player Klopp wants them to be. I mean, what was he? Sixty million. You come over yeah. for. Yeah. I think this is this is the start of his third season now, isn't it? And, yeah. And to come I off think, the bench, he would have been good though. That, yeah, that's, that's I, where I, I would have used him off the bench. I think it, it's interesting how he plays him less for me because, I mean, he's he's really diminutive in size. He's quick, and he's fantastic technically on the ball. Yeah. I'm not really sure they found the right position for him. Couple that. Oh, I don't. He hasn't no. settled in properly yet either. And no, he is struggling. He has two two or three good games and then he gets injured or he has a bad game. He, yeah. he seems to go in this cycle all the time. Goals he just can't on. reach that level of consistency that he needs to be a top player. For yeah. Me. Yeah, it I, sounds I, tough, but I think he's a confidence player, isn't he? And mm, if he doesn't, maybe, yeah. If he doesn't thrive on that, then that's it. Then he just. As you said, he gets in a bit of a rut and he just can't get out of it. Do you think yeah. this is the like the do or die season for him? Because this is this is his third season now, isn't it? Yeah. Do you think I, it's sort of like he, I he has, think so. He has to hit it this I season, think, so I I think it is. 
if it doesn't yeah. happen this season, I don't. I think he'll be off because yeah. when they've got the numbers back, they've got uh, Oxley Chamberlain to come back. Obviously, he's injured. Shakiri's back now. Um, he's always injured, but you know he's a good squad addition. So, so there's with the three I named before. Jones, there's there's Alan. five, and you know you've got that's without putting Fabinho in the middle as well. Yeah, so it's, there's a lot of quality in that midfield, but he, he, for me, he doesn't do it consistently enough. Mm. When Aldam does, Henderson does, and hopefully Thiago does as well. They've got to be consistent all the time to keep the places. But Fabinho's yeah. fantastic as uh, a sitter in the middle of the park. He breaks things up all the time. But, he, well, you've seen him at Chelsea. He was fantastic. But, like, last week, he was when he went in Gomez's position, he was as bad as Gomez. <laughs> yeah. He was. He was as bad yeah. as Gomez. So, mm. it's one of them. I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. Mr Klopp's going to have to, but <laughs> yeah. Klopp we trust, as we say. Yeah, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure you do, given uh, his stellar little, track record. A little side note to what you were saying before about Hammers. I think you might have a little bit of a problem because if you look at our attack, our attack's fantastic. But our, our midfield, they sit, they don't push forward like other midfields do. So it relies on our full-backs. If you look at Trent, Trent crosses balls in from deep, but he doesn't run beyond the, the, the full-backs very often. But Andy Robertson does. Yeah. Andy Robertson is like he's like a, a mad left winger. He plays one twos and gets to the byline all the time. So when he's doing that, Hammers for me is going to have to track back. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. your fullback's going to be isolated. And that's not his game, is it? No, it isn't his game. But on the other hand, you can look at it the other way. If if our attack breaks down, Hammers is still up the other end of the pitch, and and um, Andy Robertson isn't. Yeah. So I, can, I think that's it can work both ways. I was going to say, I, I think that's such an important point there because we're probably going to have John Joe Kenny playing there if Coleman's out. Well, Cole, isn't he still out, John Joe Kenny, though? I'm not too sure. I don't know who's yeah, he's out, he's out for three weeks, though, John Joe yeah, Kenny. Four weeks he? from about two weeks ago. I, you know what? I wouldn't be yeah. surprised, Dave. I mean, obviously, we're going to we'll talk team selection predictions at the end of the show, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ben Godfrey slotting it right back, to be honest. But you know, it's it's going to be in it. just a fascinating matchup. So many good attacking players and two world class matches. It's going to be really interesting. But we we'll move on to sort of the next segment of the show now, and we'll talk about you know what what we're all invested in football for. It's going to match with your family or your friends, supporting your team, getting behind your team, enjoying the atmosphere, and enjoying everything about a match day. You know, if it's if it's not going for a few pints before the match, if it's, it's meeting people after the game, discussing the game, or even just chatting to the people that you sit around because your season ticket dictates you sit with them every week. So, you know, I want to talk about how much it's, it's affecting all of us, really, because there's been news this week, obviously, that the Premier League, basically the Premier League are knocking on the door, desperate to be given the green light to let fans back in the stadiums. But the government aren't budging. They've said again today, you know, essentially it's not the time to talk about all that, which you can see a bit of a point in because the coronavirus situation, whatever your opinions are on it, you know, it's not, it doesn't look like it's going away, put it that way. But when you see things like the London Palladium last night, where you see packed crowds in indoor venues and cinemas being allowed to open, surely the fans should be allowed back in the stadium at some capacity. And I'm just intrigued. I'll go um, to you on this one first, Natalie. How... Basically, how much are you missing the game? And basically, does it stop the enjoyment for you? Do you still enjoy football the same 
because you know every game is televised, or are you just itching to get under the lights and there on a Saturday afternoon supporting your team close up and live? Oh, I miss it so much. It's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's fine that it's on the telly, but you know, even now you're going to have to start paying extra to be able to watch it if it doesn't get. Which is another argument telly, entirely, isn't it? Yeah. Which is, you know, and I just I, I saw in the news the other day that New Zealand let in fifty thousand to a rugby match. And they're watching that, and I'm just—it's so sad that I can't even imagine going to match anytime soon with my dad. And you know, both teams are playing this amazing football, and we're signing all these players, and we can't go and watch them. We just can't go and see them. Uh, They just need to find a way to to gradually bring people back. You know, you can go to the cinema and go and watch the football on the big screen and mix with like a hundred people. But you yeah. can't go into a bit of a safer environment where they're going to have it managed into the ground. Well, before today, you could go to the pub and support and, your exactly, football team yeah. with your friends. Obviously, not now on John due to the local lockdown rules. But other places in the country, you can go to a football to a pub and watch a football match, but you can't go to the crowd. Naturally, can you? No, no, and I'm pretty confident every single club had it ready to go for that October. Mm, October, yeah. You know, they had all everything in place. Uh, where you could sit, where you couldn't sit, managing crowds as they're coming in and out. Uh, it, it just needs to be given a chance. It's got to be a way, hasn't it? Yeah, there's got to be. If, got if to you're be opening everywhere else, there's got to be a way and to try and save football, grassroots as well. I absolutely, completely agree with your points there. And next, with you on this, Dave, it's, you know, from an Everton point of view, it's even, I'd argue, slightly a different kind of frustration. But, I mean, you and me have seen some absolute dross live from Everton in the past, especially in the last 12 months yeah. before lockdown, really. Are you as good as I am that we don't get to see James Rodriguez win an Everton shit close up? <laughs> well, I think, I think you made two points there, to be honest. Um, you know, I was, I was joking quite morbidly with a mate the other day saying that, you know, the way this lockdown's work, particularly today, and we've heard some tighter restrictions in Liverpool, going the match looks like the furthest it's ever been away from all of us at the moment, doesn't it? And yeah, absolutely. I, James only has a two-year deal. <laughs> we won't get to see him live, will we? Yeah, just imagine you never got to see him in the flesh. But oh. I suppose as time goes, we'd on, have to bunk in, Dave. You and me would have to get a blue room press pass and just bunk in. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely. Um, but the, the other point, um, I think Natalie says as well, it's everything that goes around it that I oh, miss. I it's the whole like, day, isn't it? You're 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 uh, you're spot on when you've said that. We've seen some dross over the years. There's times when I've rocked up to Goodison and barely blinked and watched the, the pitch. It's been more about the, the socialising and, and everything that goes with it. Absolutely. Um, and, and unfortunately, for what, for eight years, we've been doing it now, doing a, a podcast after the game, which is tends to be a bit of a laugh and gen, generally a bit of a piss take because we've lost or, or drawn, such as being life at, at Everton. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I miss it personally. I miss seeing friends there. The only time I get to see them, really. Um, yeah. Atmosphere, everything, really. That buzz you get walking down Gunson Road and all, all of that stuff. The, the match day culture, I think, is is what I miss most, more than the actual football. But, of course, now now that we're doing well, it, it will be all about the football. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a double blow, I think, for fans this week as well, when you, oh, you hear yeah. about the potential of... What United and Liverpool and the rest of the big six are proposing with sort of you know trying to oh, that doesn't get off the ground. Yeah, and and I'm I'm pretty sure that and Les would agree with that as well. To be honest with <laughs> oh, you, oh yeah, yeah. The, 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 the football structure that we have now 
as always boys. You'll have to get in the top six then, won't you? <laughs> well no, it's okay. We're we're one of the we're one of the nine uh, most established sides linked, so we'd get a say in it basically, but well, it still yeah. doesn't make it any better, does it? Like but no, Well, no. I think that's a, that feels a little bit of a token gesture, doesn't it? Because Obviously I think, it's oh, about course. money, isn't it? That's need... all it's about. Well, there'd be nine nine clubs, wouldn't there? So effectively it's still in the top six's hands because They'd outvote the other three, or Southampton, West Ham by six. So, um, yeah, that that was another unfortunate thing, I think, for for us as football fans. And add to that, 15 quid, they won every game. Um, I think Liverpool Liverpool against Sheffield United is one of the first ones, isn't it? Yeah, Manchester United, Newcastle the first one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's that's preposterous. Like, we've joined part of a campaign on the Blue Room today, um, so I've taken a real stance against that because um, you think about how much we all pay, even as match going fans, it's expensive enough, isn't it? Um, but if I you mean, isn't, isn't it as well, Dave? I'm sure you know. Uh, listen, televised football behind paywalls has, has been a thing for since the Premier League began, really. But for me, I, I took real issue with the price. You know, if they'd have brought this up and said it was four or five pound a game, don't even have done, but 15 pounds that, that's more. Than the national minimum wage for an hour, isn't it? So they're expecting yeah. working class people to pay fifteen pounds a game when a match ticket for some clubs is only twenty. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and you look at the situation, particularly from an Everton perspective. We we don't we get our refunds incrementally. So I think the first yeah, one we November. Do. It is. So you know you've already dished out that money for your season ticket. Um, if Everton happens to be one of the games that aren't televised on Sky or BT, you're paying fifteen quid a throw for that. Um, and and I don't know if you remember. Prem Plus and Satanta. I do remember Prem Plus. And it was, I think yeah. it was 50 quid for the season and worked out one quid a game. Um, but you could buy individual matches. Yeah, I just used to buy Everton's ones. Yeah, they were, they, I think they were a fiver. Yeah, now, that, and that was more reasonable. Well, that, and, and that was what that ended the thinking like 2010, something like that. Yeah, I mean, did. inflation hasn't gone up that much, has it? 300% Football since then. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, no I mean, offence, but imagine it, paying £15 to watch Burnley against West Brom on a Saturday night. It's not, it's not going to be the best, is it? Yeah, so I mean, those, those three big stories this week have really been deflating, haven't they, for us as match-going it's, fans? It just feels to me the wrong, complete wrong time to be doing this, trying to restructure the game and trying to, you know, basically it's kicking fans while they're already down, isn't it, basically? Yeah. But, you know, it's it's just, I completely agree with every single point you've made there, David. It's It's... it's it's difficult, especially, you know, we've Evertonians as Neverton have behaved for my money, you know, impeccably throughout this entire lockdown, you know, with everything they've done in the community and for the fans. But, you know, the incremental paying paying back for the season it isn't ideal. But listen, the club's done so much right in the past, so I'll let them off with that. But I, I just want to stick on that point a sec. Uh, I know, obviously, the other night, Les, you and me were talking about this very subject, you know, talking about the fans or lack of being yeah. back in the stadium. And you, you raised a really good point because you were saying the main thing that was coming up for you was the fact that the Champions League games were behind because, you, you know, you noted in that conversation that the Champions League games were all about atmosphere and all about that nighttime exactly. energy. Yeah. And you were actually saying, to be fair to you, you know, you were saying, is there any point in, like, what's, what's the Champions League without that atmosphere more so than the Premier League? So, coming up to, you know, and Natalie can jump in on, on this as well if, if you want. It's... Is the Champions League this season maybe a little bit not as exciting as it should be? Most definitely. Most yeah. definitely. Uh, and going back to that £15, going back to the £15 yeah. to watch the games, 
there's another thing. You're watching a game for £15. That's got no atmosphere. There's yeah, no atmosphere because yeah. there's no fans there. Just fake so they're charging you. They're overcharging you straight away because you're watching a game behind closed doors yeah. with no fans. So the, the product is actually not worth £15, is it? No. It's so exactly. overpriced. It's ridiculous. Don't no, you agree with that? Absolutely agree, Les. It, it's, it's funny because they put all this fake crowd noise on it and at times, I must admit, when I'm watching it and you can't see the stands, it just yeah. does feel like a normal game at times. But then it's when you see, for me, the players score a goal and celebrate and you saw, like, you know, from an Everton point, you James Rodriguez when he scored in the last game, you know, against Brighton, he ran round the edge of the goal and then started yeah. running to his teammates. There's no one behind the goal and it just look, looks like a pre-season friendly. I mean, Natalie, yeah. what are your, not, Natalie, what are your thoughts on it? Do you think, you know, Oh, it, even the fake crowd noise, though, to be fair. I mean, whoever's doing the button behind the, the screen. <laughs> I, I think mean, some are better than others, aren't they? I think Sky are better than BT. BT are terrible. Oh, they have a shot and it goes in the corner and they cheer as if it's nearly, you know, they've nearly scored a goal. Well, Those Everton it's... fans cheer that, you know, Natalie. We get, a cor- we, get a, we get a corner and we're made yeah, up, you, you know. It's like a PlayStation <laughs> game, isn't it, Matt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But it's, to be fair, they're trying to make the best out of a bad situation, but... It it's just not working. Well, and as Les said, obviously with you know the Champions League games, yeah. it, it's all about it. Tuesday and Wednesday night, you work during the day, you look forward to going to the match of a night time. And you know, you can't tell oh, it's me it's not better, Natalie, is there? Exactly. Not better. Yeah. You know, you then can't Champions tell me League that game nights are fantastic. Against Barcelona when we came back and four 0 down. We we wouldn't have done that without fans. You know, no, that's an interesting point. That's a good point that. No, that that's an interesting point. That that that's yeah. bang on the money there. You wonder back to how many games that have gone a certain way would have been different without the crowd. Yeah. Dave, do you share that motion as well? Yeah, com- <clears throat> completely. I mean, I think even statistically, I was looking out for something that was working on a couple of weeks ago, and the um, the percentage of away wins now has gone up, um, which is not surprising. I, no, and, and and I think it really it doesn't do lower clubs any favours. I mean, you know, if you're in a relegation fight, you desperately need your crowd towards the end of the season, don't you? To well, offered the way they capitulated and seen yeah. that last season. <clears throat> your, your home games are your bread and butter, and um, I, I think as well, you know, just citing one of our games as a as a point that Les was saying before, Everton against Spurs. I mean, I I don't know if Everton put in a performance like that. If there's fans at the at the stadium, it's that important, isn't it? You see yeah. how difficult it is to win away from home in the Premier League. Fans, I mean, there's so many times I've looked at games, particularly Liverpool Leeds. That is an opening game in the Premier League. Can you imagine the atmosphere with Leeds back in the big time? I mean, there's just a distinct hatred between them all, and it would have been an immense atmosphere. And if we'd have seen that sort of game as well, it it would have been tenfold, wouldn't it? So, I I think it's had a profound effect, Um, maybe in a positive way from an Everton point of view. Um, I definitely think so, Dave. I think it's took a lot of pressure off some of them Everton players. Yeah, I mean, the first one that comes to my mind for some reason is Michael Keane. Um, I was just about to say Michael, because Jordan Pickford's just, we're going to get onto the goalkeeper, but he's just been awful yeah. regardless of the fans or not. But Michael Keane seems to have turned into like a new age Beckenbauer, hasn't he, since the fans <laughs> didn't go. <laughs> he he's been given a five-year fit. deal and he looks brilliant. Yeah, and he looks he a lot fitter for me and, and, and much more happy and content with life. Yeah, good your point there, lads. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry for butting in. It's um, I, I was just you, you talking about fan having no fans. 
the derby's a, a, a weird one because there's two things about the fans for the derby. One, obviously, Everton down the years, the, the, the fans can get on Everton players' backs, can't they, when it's, things are not going very well. Can you well. blame us? <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't. But you hear all the booing and you hear all the the shouting and things like. That. But on the other hand, in a derby game, it's like a bear pit. It's no like a bear pit to isn't be it? Until, until things go against you. But it's like a bear pit, and that 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 must affect Liverpool players when they go there. That that must be horrible going out to get the throwing and everyone spitting and shouting at them and things like that. So you're gonna miss, you're gonna miss that. But on the other hand, like you said, when things are going against you. Yeah, you're not going to miss that. Well, I, so, I I think that's a really good point because I mean you think back to that the derby when we first introduced the side and before it said cars that was the first time it took place and remember that yeah you know Evertonians have got that pinned on on Twitter they've got it saved all over the places one Not of the special one yeah yeah and and Liverpool we we drew nil nil that day didn't we. And Pickford actually had a really good game. Well, I think the context of that, obviously, the context of that is that Liverpool at the time were absolutely flying and trying to win the league, and yeah. we were pretty average. Well, and that doesn't, that, I don't think we draw nil nil if there weren't any fans there. Not a uh, chance. I think that's that's pretty obvious to us all, isn't it? So yeah. that probably underlines the importance as well as having a crowd. But Les, I think, hit the nail on the head there with. You know, it can go two ways, can't it? If you've got a player who's particularly nervous, let's say, let's say, God, that the lad Godfrey, for instance, say yeah. he's brought in to deal with Andy Robertson and Sadio Mane on Saturday. I mean, he wouldn't be human if he wasn't nervous about that. So, I presume it'd work well for him to deny any fans because he, he won't feel that pressure of yeah. uh, the Goodison faithful breathing down his neck. Um, whereas you look at someone who plays with the crowds, I mean. There's like a Yeti Mina or somebody like that. Richarlison. Yeah, Richarlison as well. You know, they, they seem to feed off that sort of atmosphere. And, um, and, and I don't think I don't think the um, the, the first one, because the, there was the derby, wasn't it, the weekend of the uh, was, project yeah. restart. I, I don't think that gave, gave us any clues, to be honest, because, um, I mean, it was it was a typical derby in the way that Liverpool had most of the possession and Everton tried to come on strong late on. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know which way it'll go and and how much a lack of fans will have, particularly when you look at the form both sides are in. I mean, this this has got to be the first time for a long, long time ever have gone into a derby ahead. Progressive Insurance protects people's cars, homes, and other vehicles. But if you've ever seen our commercials or even just heard our name, you probably already knew that. What you may not know is that we support Humble Design, a nonprofit that furnishes homes for families and veterans emerging from homelessness. Because a little help goes a long way. And a lot of help. Well, you get the idea. Now, if you already knew all of this about Progressive Insurance, we're impressed. We'll have to find something else cool to tell you next time. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Sports Social Podcast Network.